This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Personal Finance Wednesday. It is better to teach your kids about money earlier if you want a long-lasting impact. Also, several cruise lines threatening to remove their ships from U.S. ports in order to get them sailing again. UPS will be using electric vertical aircraft to speed up package delivery. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is sharing his view of the American economy while numbers on the U.S. trade deficit are out today. We're joined by Brian Westbury, chief economist at First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Brian, let's begin with the trade gap. What are we seeing there? Quite an increase? Yeah, uh, Cisco, it hit a, we have a, a record trade deficit for the month of February. And I, I believe it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, mainly, it's that the United States uh, has been opening up its economy more quickly than other countries around the world. And so as a result, uh, we will buy imports uh, more quickly uh, right now as we open up faster uh, than other countries. Uh, so as they get online, as they begin to get back to more normal activity, I think we're going to see that trade gap begin to uh, shrink. And does this have any sort of an impact on the U.S. economy in, in general? I mean, what, what, is it, what does it do that the trade gap widens? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, well, we, it, what we really look at here is both the combination of both imports and exports. And, and what I mean by that is <clears throat> that's a measure of overall economic activity. So obviously we like to sell things to, you know, people around the world. If you're a car company, you want, you want to sell your cars everywhere. Uh, but what we really watch from an economic point of view is the total amount of trade. And uh, that hit a record high last February. Then the world shut down and we expect it to end up going back to a record high. We have a very global economy all kinds of uh, people buying and selling all over the world. And that's really good news. It's good for U.S. corporations. And, you know, a lot of people worry when you hear deficit, you think bad. That's not necessarily true because uh, we're, we, we produce things overseas. And believe it or not, we buy our own uh, goods uh, here in the United States, even if they're produced somewhere else. Talk about what Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan CEO, uh, what he is saying. It sounds like this is a pretty good moment, at least according to Jamie. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with him. And in fact, uh, I'm not trying to say he took it from us, but but we've been saying uh, similar things now for the last couple of months. If you if you kind of look, you know, down the list, the best stimulus is a vaccine. He mentioned that. Uh, we're also, you know, we've had a lot of people get COVID. That means they're partly immune. So when you put all of the people together that have had a vaccine or had COVID already, we're reaching herd immunity. This is why we're opening up. And so we're going to have an explosive economy because of that. At the same time, we have stimulus uh, spending rolling through the economy. That's borrowing from the future on a credit card and helping us spend today. Uh, And we have the Federal Reserve printing uh, money like crazy and holding interest rates down. And when you put all of that together, 2021 and 2022 are going to be boom years. And that's really what he's saying. This boom will last for a while. Uh, Eventually, I think we're going to have a price to pay, but it's a couple of years down the road. Thanks so much for all the analysis. Brian Westbury, chief economist at First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Coming up, UPS going vertical in its efforts to make package delivery more efficient. UPS will test electric vertical aircraft for use in its express air delivery network. We're joined by Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, former tech editor for the Today Show. Paul, help us to understand this. Electric vertical aircraft. What are we talking about here? Yeah, well, we're we're talking about a a revolution in what everybody is concerned about when it comes to package delivery, and that's basically called the last mile. And what that means is um, that the most expensive part in many cases, because it's the least it's the least automatable, um, the most expensive part of any delivery, whether it's Amazon getting packages out to all of us or or UPS, in this case, uh, getting packages out, especially in rural areas. That last mile means a truck, an individual person uh, traveling, sometimes congested or country roads. It does. It just takes a long time, lots of gasoline and so forth. Um, Well, the CEO of UPS, Carol Tomei, who used to be the CFO of Home Depot and knows about moving lots of products, they just allied, UPS just allied with a company called Beta Technologies uh, in, in Vermont uh, to, to buy the first 10 of these, they call EVTOLs, electronic, pardon me, electric vertical takeoff and landing uh, vehicles. And what they do is express air delivery. They'll be, they'll be creating a network in these rural areas to deliver things that are early on not that heavy, but to these places for a lot less money and a lot less time, and certainly a lot less gasoline if you're concerned about global warming um, than a truck. And so the net-net, um, people can get things to places much faster, less impact on the environment, and for a lower cost. And then I guess if it works with these 10, right, then they just keep expanding. That's exactly right. They're going to they're going to test it out. The first ones are going to roll out in about three years. That uh, they're 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 way into the beta stage at this point. Uh, we've passed the beta stage, no pun intended, at at beta technologies. And th- these things that can fly fast, 250 miles in terms of range, 170 miles an hour on a single charge. Um, and th- they're talking right now about like urgent moments to test them out. So, for example, hospitals. If you are if you have organ transplant needs, and the hospital where the donor um, it, say a heart is at a donor hospital in a rural area, and it has to get to a you know a metropolitan area quickly. 250 miles in at 170 miles an hour is great because speed is of the essence. And also, of course, these things are they have to be FAA approved. They're going through that right now. These vehicles to look at are spectacular. They look at, from above. Um, it's vertical takeoff and landing. Remember, it's sort of like a helicopter, so it goes straight up. But from above, it looks like uh, almost like a seagull, but with propellers attached to its wings. So it's efficient, it's brand new, and UPS hopes it's the revolution uh, for that last mile. 
And when it comes to uh, the FAA, you know, you mentioned they have to get approval from the FAA. I'm, I'm just wondering how they keep all of this uh, together when you get more and more drones and other vehicles in the air. Right now, it's sort of new, but at some point, you, you're going to potentially have a lot of things up there. No, you're absolutely right. Look, a lot of a lot of concern around the growth in drone ownership, private drone ownership, especially near airports, as you as you well know. In fact, in some many cases, flights have been diverted because pilots have seen private drones flying around too close to airports. So, yes, there's going to be tracking. There's going to be GPS. There's going to be all kinds of location technology applied to these devices so they know where they are. But fundamentally. It's not that different than air traffic control deciding when or not to allow an aircraft to land based on traffic. So from a fundamental strategic from a strategic perspective, it's pretty similar. But you're absolutely right. From a volume perspective, if these things are flying around in these rural areas, luckily, those rural areas are fairly empty. Uh, so there won't be as much traffic. Unluckily, there's going to be a whole lot of them. The only thing I would mention that's worth noting is a whole lot of them does not mean added noise in rural areas, because remember, this is electric. So there's going to be a very little noise. There's not going to be internal combustion, no jet engines, and so on. So from a lot of perspectives, UPS is extremely excited. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah, thank you so much for all the detail. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media. Up next, we'll move on in the electric vehicle market. It's expanding. Uh, the electric automobile market, much bigger models. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Electric vehicles debuted in smaller sizes with limited range. However, that's no longer the case. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter, based in Detroit. Uh, Jeff, so bigger trucks, the trucks that no one ever thought would be electric, it looks like they're going to be. Yeah, and, and these are vehicles that are going to have a lot of capability. In fact, many will have more capability than they will have now. Yesterday, GM announced that uh, its new Chevy Silverado pickup will essentially have 400 miles of range. That's more than anything on the road right now. And will also have features that don't exist now. They're not saying what those features are. Uh, just last year, Ford uh, came out with an F-150 pickup, an electric version they're going to build. And they say that will be their premium version and it will have capabilities that the current F-150 doesn't have. So, you know, if you want to sell your vehicle to a pickup buyer, it better be capable. And when it comes to that, I mean, when you get into one of these, obviously, you know, we're still years away from, I guess, some of this. But when you get into them, in general, do you notice a difference? Because I think that's one of the things people switching from gas engines to electric engines are worried about, is that you're just not going to have that same feel, that, that same pickup feel. Well, I spent some time in the Ford Mustang Mach-E, and that thing moves like any Mustang. One thing you'll notice when you drive an electric vehicle is instant acceleration. We've gotten used to the fact that there is a microsecond hesitation when we put down the accelerator pedal in a gasoline engine. That doesn't exist in an electric vehicle. Remember, locomotives are driven by electric engines. So you can make an electric engine or electric motor as big or as small as you want to make it. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? It's all very scalable. Uh, so this is just, as we've talked to you over the last several months, uh, just uh, uh, leaps and bounds in the technology and the uh, dedication to it. I mean, this is where we're going. If if we don't have all all electric vehicles within 10 or 20 years, it'll be surprising. Yeah, it, it will be. And, and if you take a look at it, Tesla really showed the world you can make electric vehicles that are cool as a vehicle. Remember, they're S or uh, Type S has got a uh, a 
ludicrous mode it's called with with incredible acceleration on that so you you've got that there you've got gm releasing its new hummer vehicle the pickup truck which will have up to a thousand horsepower and will have uh you know zero to 60 times of three seconds sports car kinds of performance in a pickup truck so car makers are trying to show that electric vehicles can be fun biggest issues remain range recharging and cost Thanks so much for all the info, Jeff Gilbert, CBS's auto reporter. Still ahead, Personal Finance Wednesday, teaching your kids solid money habits. It's better to do it earlier. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Rob Hart. The Chicago Teachers Union is asking for a one week delay in resuming in person instruction for Chicago public high school students. The European Medicines Agency reaffirms its backing of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine, even though there's a connection to blood clots. Personal Finance Wednesday. It pays to start young when teaching kids about money. A major cruise line issues a threat as its ships remain stuck in U.S. ports. WBBM Business, the Dow down 17, NASDAQ down 25, and the S&P is flat. Oil also flat today. We have sunshine in Chicagoland right now, a chance for a little rain later this afternoon. High today of 78 degrees. Right now it's 73 degrees. Chicago Teachers Union negotiators are asking for a one-week delay in resuming in-person instruction for high school students. In-person instruction for CPS high school students is scheduled to resume on April 19th. Chicago Teachers Union President Jesse Sharkey is asking for a one-week delay in order to get more information on the recent rise in COVID cases in the city and to track the spread of the more contagious variants of the virus. Um, we know that uh, uh, variant B117 is raging in Michigan and Minnesota, um, so nearby states. Uh, we want to, yeah, we don't even have information about uh, to what degree that's what's going on in Chicago behind the recent rise in numbers. High school teachers are scheduled to return to the classroom this coming Monday, and the union says it has yet to see an agreement with CPS that its leaders can endorse. Rob Hart, News Radio 105.9 FM. The European Medicines Agency says the benefits of the AstraZeneca vaccine far outweigh any risks. However, Executive Director Emer Cook adds... The reported cases of unusual blood clotting following vaccination with the AstraZeneca vaccine should be listed as possible side effects of the vaccine. Meanwhile, the British government's allowing people under the age of 30 to choose a different vaccine than the one from AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. A reminder... Odyssey, your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. There you can listen to WBBM anytime. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Noon Business Hour presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets in the red, just barely. We're joined by Chuck Lieberman, Chief Investment Officer at Advisors Capital Management in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Uh, really no significant movement today, Chuck. What are you seeing? Yeah, exactly that. Uh, we had a, a very, very strong uh, march. Uh, and then we popped again uh, after we got the employment report. Um, clearly the economy is doing very, very well. And, and that's kind of the interesting story here. Everyone knows that as the vaccine gets rolled out, things will reopen and the economy will do well. And that's beginning to show up in a very significant way in the data across the entire economy. So we know that very, very strong growth is coming. Uh, and in fact, it's probably already underway and we'll see it increasingly as more data come in. 
Uh, we also know that with that kind of strong growth, interest rates are very, very low. So we saw a big backup in uh, Treasury yields. Um, and uh, over the last day or two, we seem to be digesting that. So uh, interest rates have come down a few basis points over the last couple of days. But I think the market is simply re, you know, adjusting men- its mentality to the new reality. And when it comes to the growth that, that is projected, and as you say, it looks like it may be already underway, is this broad-based or certain sectors that are maybe poised for better growth? Uh, if you were hurt by the pandemic, you are coming back big time because that's the part of the economy that's the most depressed, where people are the most deprived and where they're really anxious to get back out. Uh, I went out to a restaurant uh, for dinner last night with my wife. Uh, It was jam-packed. The restaurant had outdoor seating as well as indoor seating. There was a 45-minute wait to be seated outdoors. Uh, We were able to get seated immediately indoors, but the indoor seating was full. So people are going back to a more normal type of activity. It's really being driven by vaccinations. As people get vaccinated, they feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more willing to to engage in normal behavior. What do you make of the travel stocks? Uh, Are they poised? I mean, a lot of them have just been trying to, hey, if we can survive until we actually get open again, if people, for example, start cruising again, if we could just survive until then, we'll be great. Yeah, well, it depends on uh, the part of the travel industry. In the case of the airlines, they're already struggling to reopen. So I don't know if you saw, but about a week ago or less than a week ago, Delta announced that it was going to sell middle seats. It was the last airline to do that. All the airlines are beginning to uh, uh, get aircraft out of storage and put them back into the sky. Uh, They lack sufficient staff. They don't have enough pilots. So that's going to be a constraint on how quickly they can resume normal operations. Uh, Forward bookings are very, very strong. Um, Just uh, to make sure that I had space, I've already booked my flight for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's uh, it, things are reopening and they're reopening pretty quickly. Uh, the stocks are a little bit ahead of the reality, but investors are looking forward. They understand that this is all coming. Yeah, and that's uh, you know a good thing, I guess, for those companies for sure, and and for the investors as well. Uh, any areas that we should be concerned about as this reopening seems to be happening? I mean, you already said it's going to be broad based, but are there any concern areas? Well, the one that I think is the biggest concern is the bond market. Uh, Interest rates are still extremely low. Uh, If you look at the 10-year Treasury, it's yielding less than 1.7%. The Fed's objective for inflation is somewhere between 2 and and 2.5%. So if you buy a 10-year Treasury, you're locking in a negative return after inflation. And by the way, that interest that you earn, that's taxable. So you are giving the government a gift every year locked in for 10 years. It's hardly an investment. So I think investors in the bond market really need to be very, very careful about the kind of bonds that they buy, uh, probably keep maturities relatively short. Uh, Bonds are high-risk, low-return investments right now. And that's obviously very different from their historical role. Stocks, on the other hand, uh, are quite different. Uh, Some of the companies that were hurt by the pandemic are coming back. Some of the companies that were helped by the pandemic are likely to experience slower growth in the future. So those are the kind of things that you have to think about in making your stock selections. 
Thanks so much for all the analysis. Chuck Lieberman, Chief Investment Officer at Advisors Capital Management in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Just ahead, Personal Finance Wednesday, valuable money lessons to pass on to children at an early age. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. The focus this afternoon is on passing good money habits to the next generation. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Ed Jertsen, a certified financial planner, also the founder of Engage Wealth Group, the website, engagewealthgroup.com. Uh, all right, Ed, good to have you back on the show. So let's begin with talking about doing this early. A lot of people think, oh, in the teenage years, maybe when the kids start thinking about getting a job, that's when I'll talk about money, but they should start far earlier. Great to be with you, Cisco. And yes, starting early is never a bad idea. You just want to make sure that the lessons that you're trying to teach your younger children are age appropriate and more more impactful in regards to what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So when it comes to those early kids, I don't know, maybe elementary school students, what, what kind of basics should we be teaching them? Well, I think one of the hallmarks to teach them in terms of good money habits, save some, give some, spend some. And it, it's in that order. So if you can ingrain in your kids at this early age those three elements, you're going to set them on a great financial path. Especially saving, right? Because it seems like if that's something that you've just been doing from the beginning, that'll help you all throughout your life. Absolutely. And one of the one of the tips is allowances for chores are a great way to instill the relationship between receiving money and work. And once your child gets that allowance, then go back to those three hallmarks of save some, give some, spend some. And you're developing those early habits that will hopefully carry with them throughout their life. So now in order to do that, parents have to get past the, because there's a philosophical issue here, right? Where, where some parents will say, well, you live in this house, so we're not paying you to do what you need to do as, as part of your, you know, just being here. Um, and, and, you know, there's some sense to that. But on the other hand, you need to do what you need to do to teach the kids how to use money and how they earn money. And they, they can't go out and get a job at age eight. Excellent point. You know, for the most part, our kids are freeloaders, right? We, we just, they want, we pay, we, they want, we pay. And yes, while they're in your household, you don't have to pay them for every chore, but come up with something that resonates with them. Again, so you're reinforcing that habit of, hey, I, I do some work and I get paid, but you don't, again, have to pay them for everything that they do around the house. And then the giving away of money. Uh, how do you help them with that? I help them sort of uh, set priorities, things that they're interested in supporting? That's such a great point because, again, kids are passionate about certain things, whether it's animals or the environment. And so sitting down with them and helping guide them to to give money to um, charities that support their causes are excellent. And, and one more point, Cisco, whether you're six or 60, it's never too early or too late to learn these good money habits. Yeah, and have you found that if you do the money habits early, we, we touched on this earlier, I just want to make sure we reinforce this, that, that if you started early, that they do stick with you for a lifetime, that it's it sort of becomes the foundation for how you think about money. Here's what I found with my younger clients with good money habits. Oftentimes, they credit their parents who taught them good money skills. And so that is just time and time again, when I, when I run into a young couple who've got good money habits, like my parents taught me that. And so for all of those listeners out there, that good work and the patience that you're going to need to guide those to guide your 
children and your young children today will pay huge dividends for them down the road. What about, uh, you know, okay, so you spend some, you save some, and then you give some away. Uh, What about getting them into, whether it's the markets or just a general savings account or something, teaching them how money grows, especially over time? Yeah, that's a great point because today with technology and the fact that investing is sort of democratized. It's really low cost. There's a lot of different ways that parents can get their kids, let's say, investing. You know, should they have earned income, you can open up a Roth account and be a custodial on that Roth account and get them involved in terms of investing in markets and understanding compounding interest. These are the building blocks, again, that will help them through life, but also guiding them on what a loan is and what credit cards are and things like that to help them understand the other side of of finances in the world today and understanding the balance between those two. Thanks so much. Really good insight. That is Ed Jertson, Certified Financial Planner, EngageWealthGroup.com. That's Personal Finance Wednesday. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. Still to come, cruise operators may be looking outside the U.S. because of COVID restrictions here. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Carnival Cruises threatening to move its ships out of American waters after canceling all cruises departing from U.S. ports through June 30th. We welcome Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami. Uh, Miami. Tom, kind of let us know what's Carnival doing here and the frustration. Carnival, well, Carnival and the entire industry is frustrated by what they see as the government restriction or prohibition on doing business. Uh, Cruise industry insiders will point out uh, all other travel industry uh, operators can operate with uh, pandemic protocols. Hotels are open, airlines are flying again, for instance, but the cruise industry is not shoving off from U.S. ports. Now, they are cruising elsewhere in places in Asia. Some are planning on cruising this summer out of ports in the Caribbean. And what Carnival Cruise Lines, the uh, one brand of the Carnival Cruise Corporation, is stepping up pressure on the Centers for Disease Control by threatening to take its U.S. home home port ships and move them overseas in order to accept passengers sometime this summer. Others have already taken those steps. Now, how big of a deal would it be for Florida's economy? Because a lot of these beginning points are are in Florida. And if these ships move, it doesn't seem all that difficult to say, hey, you need to fly to wherever. Name your Caribbean location and you're going to begin your your, uh, cruise there. Uh, Listen, these are moving assets, right? And these assets uh, uh, have been moving. We've seen it already with uh, Royal uh, Caribbean International announcing it's going to be starting taking on uh, passengers in North America, but out of the Bahamas, not out of the United States. Port Miami, uh, in Miami, Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Cape Canaveral, Port Canaveral in uh, in Central Florida. These are three of the major uh, disembarking points for the U.S. cruise industry. We're talking about 10 million passengers a year going through Miami and Fort Lauderdale ports alone. Think of that. What's that? Four or five times the 
population of the city of Chicago moving through these areas, paying those fees, turning into tens of millions of dollars of local tax money and hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of a local economic impact and and tens of thousands of local jobs. A lot of pressure uh, to get those cruise lines cruising again. Thanks, Tom Hudson. Always good to have you with us. The week ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services. You'll find past programs later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.